Well, week one proved to be one of the most interesting opening days we've ever seen in the Premier League. And as always, we are back with episode three of season two of the Armchair Managers podcast. I'm Ross Evans. I'm here, as always, with my co-host Dan Newton. Yep, here I am. We've got plenty to unpack. So without further ado, let's just get straight into it. Mm-hmm. So Dan, first of all, touching it. Uh, opening day in England. League two, League one, Championship, Premier League. How did your team get on, Dan? Yeah, well, um, obviously I support Plymouth Argyle, our sort of hometown team, now in League One after promotion. Um, yeah, they did really well, beat Blackpool 1-0. It was a, a back-to-the-wall performance with some really good goalkeeping by Michael Cooper, who uh, I think we may well see in the Premier League in a couple of years. Yeah. Probably not playing for Plymouth, but <laughs> he he's looks like prediction. a really good player. Yeah. Obviously, didn't get into the first team as much last season in League Two when Alex Palmer was... Um, in goal yeah and uh, Alex Palmer was the league two um, keeper of the season and yeah. um, I had the opportunity to watch them both in training a few times last year for various reasons I won't get into and um, I remember watching them side by side and I gotta say I didn't see much between them Cooper yeah. is a really good goalkeeper yeah and like I said I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the Premier yeah. League in a couple of years or in like England's under 21s yeah well how do, how would you see our goals chances basically obviously it's difficult to say based off one, one performance and yeah Blackpool, we don't really know where Blackpool are. I think they're slowly coming back after. Yeah, they spent a lot of money this year, and obviously they got rid of their owners last season, and they look like they're moving in a really good direction. Um, So I'd expect Blackpool to be right up there. Yeah. And I think for Plymouth Argyle, maybe sort of mid table, maybe have a bit of a flirt with the playoffs, but I think any season that isn't ending in relegation would be good. Yeah, obviously having just come up. Yeah, having just come up. And really getting the automatic, I believe, was. Of the points per game, wasn't it? Uh, well, we got into the automatics within like the last two games of the season, right? And okay. um, so we were third before it was ended, but um, just in the yeah, um, just above Exeter City, our yeah. rivals. Yes, um, which like was to nice to see. Um, who are still stuck in League Two after losing out in the playoffs? Yeah, lost four 0 in the final. Yeah, well, I wouldn't know how that feels. Um, <laughs> but no, it was, it was a really good performance, and um, it's great to watch a game. Obviously, not at the stadium, but yeah, watching it from home is really good. They're streaming the games, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, watched it on iFollow. Um, it's good to be fair. Can't yeah. really complain. Yeah, excellent. Brilliant start. Obviously, it's great having football back. Yeah, not quite back to normality yet obviously no fans allowed in the stadium um, obviously still going through a pandemic so yeah yeah I think we'll take our time on that one I think there's yeah. some test events coming up I know in non-league and in the FA Cup preliminary rounds they've started getting some people in yeah but um, I think it'll be a while until we have you know full stadiums and I think for the league one league two teams it's getting crowds back is vital isn't it especially oh, with yeah. uh, winter coming like, up financially it's huge for them yeah. obviously the Premier League has its own sort of thing going on with the finances it's less important for them but for your small teams you know it's huge yeah you know, I think like teams like Agerton Stanley who are doing brilliantly in League One but um, you kind of fear for them they yeah. don't get the fans in their gate their gate receipts is so important isn't it yeah so it's huge yeah. To, ha- to have that taken away already for as long as they have and then the risk of that potentially continuing um, we could see I think maybe quite a few clubs administration possibly liquidation that's yeah. something we don't want to see is it no it's, it's the worst thing for any football club so hopefully they get back they get able to get fans back in the stadium and yeah or if not so. there's some kind of you know buyout from the EFL or something you, you know it's, yeah. it's a whole thing and you know we don't really want to yeah. worry about that too much 
But as said, league football's back. Premier League returned. It did. Um, didn't really feel like it was gone for that long. To be no. honest, we're uh, finishing it, the fixtures. I think if if you can, if you look at European football, I think in total football was actually only really off, so to speak, for about two weeks. Yeah, it's um, so, in some ways it's quite good, but in a lot of ways, it's as football fans, it's, yeah, it's, you know, non-stop football, ideal under the circumstances, of course. Yeah, in, in the context, it's it's yeah. not so good, but. Um, no, it was good to be back to have a new season. It's all to play for again. Yeah. Um, so it's all to play for. Might as well start off with uh, Premier League champions versus the EFL champions. Liverpool versus Leeds. Already a shocking result at the beginning of the season. Liverpool continuing that shaky form that they showed yeah. at the back end of last season. Um, 4-3. Liverpool... What was your thoughts on the Liverpool performance? I mean, first of all, I thought it was a brilliant game of football. You know, it was two teams that went out it, um, or went at it, sorry, um, you know, fully. Didn't leave mm. anything left in the change room. And I think it was two great teams to watch. And yeah. uh, plenty of mistakes, but plenty of really good play as yeah. well. That's, the the mistakes of, were yeah. probably the story of the game. Yeah. And I think Liverpool, you know, Virgil van Dijk especially, yeah. didn't really do themselves justice. I think he can breathe a huge sigh of release. I mean, we've got to talk about his mistake leading to uh, Bamford's goal. Ball's dropping over his head and he tries to clear, not clear it, but almost to pass it out to Robertson yeah. on the fullback with the outside of his boot. Of course, that goes wrong, falls to Bamford with a nice finish. Yeah, it was, um, it was a good chance for him, but yeah, it was a good finish. Yeah. Did Van Dyke had a bit, despite scoring, I think you still say that Van Dyke had a shocker. He did, yeah, and um, I think I'm not sure who was the commentator was, but they described it as sort of an arrogant sort of attempted clearance. And I, yeah, and I think one of the things we always credit Van Dyke is his confidence and his yeah. arrogance, but sometimes it goes a little too far, and I think he maybe will learn from um, that mistake and maybe yeah. give a bit more respect to his opposition next time. Do you think obviously Liverpool start midfield? They didn't use Fabinho, who's a, we know is a sort of the true holding midfielder. Do you think Liverpool defensively might have been a little more capable with Fabinho in front of them? Does that highlight how important Fabinho is? I think so, yeah. I think he is like a really good player for them. Um, I think he like maybe a bit of a underrated player. I don't think people sort of think of the same mould as they did Van Dijk and Alisson when they came. Yeah. But I think he really took Liverpool into title challenges. Yeah. And I think um, he is crucial to them. And I, and I was surprised to not see him started. I don't know if maybe Klopp wanted Henderson to get a lot more minutes or mm. what the thinking there was. But I expect in the bigger games, Fabinho will definitely start. Yeah, you would expect uh, expect them to. Um, obviously, Curtis Jones coming on, see, saw a bit more of him. Quiet mm. performance. Yeah, he, yeah, he had some moments, but um, he didn't really take hold of the game as you might no. hope someone in that position would. Do you think with Liverpool... Obviously, Liverpool's still supposedly active in the transfer market. Mm. Um, still heavily linked with Thiago. As far as we know, that there's a the personal terms agreed. They're just the stumbling block, block is the fee. And rumour has it Liverpool looking to move on a couple of players and that will potentially finance the deal. The issue, do you think there's an issue with Liverpool where the squad just isn't deep enough for, whereas you look at Man City, for example, with um, Riyad Mahrez drops out or you've got Bernardo Silva who can play there. Um, Phil Foden has played out on the wing. Um, and that's the case in all over positions. If they lose one player, they've got quality coming back into that position. 
Liverpool don't really seem to have that, do they? Like Certainly not a top, top game-changing performer who can go and grab the game by the scruff of the neck and change a game by themselves coming off the bench. Yeah, no, I, I'd agree with that. I think I think most people would. I think it's clear that Man City's greatest advantage is their, their depth of squad. And I think um, this season, Liverpool, we talked about them moving on players. Obviously, that's not a great way to uh, improve your squad depth if you no. get rid of those bench fillers. But I think their kind of plan would maybe to move some of them on, bring in the youth players. You know, we just mentioned Curtis Jones and, um, the, you know, Nico Williams, the right back as well. Yeah. I think they'll probably hope for them to have more of an active role to yeah. find out to maybe a big signing like a Thiago who yeah. can come on and really sort of run the game. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, you do look at that Liverpool, especially after how they played at Leeds, that you think if there's an injury to one of their star men, they they could be in trouble, couldn't they? It would only really take that Liverpool side to lose Van Dijk, Salah, or Mane, yeah. and then you would suddenly think, well, suddenly that's a beatable team. Yeah, there'd be a lot of trouble. I mean, you take Salah out of last game's performance, and yeah, might well lose that game. I mean, on the subject of Salah, it was phenomenal. Was oh, he's he? brilliant. The, yeah. the volley he scored was yeah. sensational. It was yeah. a half volley. Yeah, it was. It was a fantastic goal. Yeah, uh, speaking of fantastic goals, Jack Harrison, Leeds' yeah. first equaliser, nice goal. He, you know, he's come. He was very good. You know, he really he took on the ball. I think he went past Trent a little too easy. Yeah, <laughs> I think maybe the defending wasn't great, but um, look, you can only do what's in front of you, and if the defender gives you that space to come inside, yeah, you've got to do it, and it was a good finish. And Patrick Bamford scoring as well. Um, obviously, you know from his time before in the Premier League, struggled to really mark himself as a. Premier League striker. Do you think with Leeds, the way he's progressed at Leeds and under Bielsa, he this maybe might be the season that he suddenly finally stamps his um, I hope so. I think he's a good start for him. I think that that goal will do him a world yeah. of good. Getting one so early, and you know, if the, I think if the games went on, maybe like four or five games, and they still hadn't scored, yeah, maybe he'd be a bit worried. But getting one so soon, yeah, I think it puts him in good stead for the rest of the season. Yeah, and I think if Leeds are to do well, then they're going to need someone to lead the line and get a lot of goals yeah. and hopefully you can do that for them and the final goal obviously people talk about Harrison's goal which is good to talk about Bamford's because of the importance of it goals to talk about Mateus Klich's goal their second equaliser yeah yeah third no it was the third Bamford yeah, got the second it was, yeah. it was the third it looked like a miss hit cross from Helder Costa but I think on the rooms it showed it was actually quite a deft pass into him and great Vinnit Great finish on the half. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. It even, like I said, it was a wonderful game with a lot of wonderful goals. Yeah. I think that's right up there with the rest of them. Yeah. it's The Warriors-Liverpool fan is this looks a bit Brendan Rodgers-esque where we win games by outscoring our opponents rather than being defensively solid. Yeah. Which is for the last couple of seasons has been what we've seen with Liverpool. If that's how they end up playing the season where it's we're trying to outscore our opponents there are going to be games we're just not going to be able to win yeah no definitely um, to be fair it reminds me more of sort of Klopp's very first season yeah. where they were amazing to watch but maybe didn't get the results that they are getting now yeah and um, I mean as more of a neutral it's, I, I think it's great to watch yeah. I think it's really entertaining but um, you're quite right I think they do need to tighten up at the back if they are going to um, get another title yeah um Speaking of tightening up at the back, that's always a hallmark of a Mourinho team. Jose <laughs> Mourinho's teams, solid, barely conceded goal. 
parked the bus, as it were. Yeah. Having said that, they lost 1-0 to a new-look Everton side this weekend. Yeah, it was not good watching for Spurs fans. It, no. It was terrible, to be honest. Yeah. I, I, um, I think I put them down to win 3-0. Yes, you, uh, and I put them down for a 1-1 draw. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you were relatively close. It could have gone that way. Yeah. But, um, and Everton could have scored more, couldn't they? Yeah, they really could. I know Richarlison had that early miss. Yeah. He really should have scored after he went around the keeper. But, um, yeah, it was very disappointing for Spurs. I think yeah. I, like a lot of people, maybe got caught up with the, the hype around them from the, the yeah. documentary we've been watching. But, yeah. uh, no, they, they were not good at all. They, they no. failed on every level. They weren't organised. They were low in the energy levels. They were yeah. poor on the ball. I mean, I can't compliment them in any way. <laughs> Which is, is is probably the worst thing you can say about a team. Yeah. Nothing good was about them. Do you think there was an element of almost a hangover from, or lack of energy caused by coming back so soon, not having a proper break? Um, possibly, but time. it's the same for every team, isn't it? I yeah. don't think they can really use that as an excuse. I know today, Daniel Mourinho was saying that some of his players, you know, had COVID and that's affected yeah. the pre-season plans and. It may well have done, but I mean, you know, it's, it's an odd complaint considering that Mourinho did break lockdown rules well, with well, a couple exactly, of his players. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brought it on themselves, but you know, it is. It's a tricky one because I'm a big Mourinho fan. I always have been. Yeah. Um, but I, I just don't think that they were good at all, and um, I would be worried about them going forward. Yeah, it's certainly an issue for Spurs, isn't it? You know, as a team that have under. Pochettino were challenging for the top four, challenging for the title. Um, to play like that, it really shows that with not a vastly different squad. Yeah, if what, anyway, it's like an, imp- an improved squad. Yeah, it's there is a worry there, isn't there? The star players maybe aren't performing so well. Um, yeah, I mean, and whether or not that's the system, maybe there's players there who don't want to be there anymore. Possibly, I mean, Harry Kane barely got a touch of the ball against yeah. Everton and I think he's always been their sort of talisman as a player I mean but as we say as defen- being a defensive solid unit Everton looked quite good as getting yeah, a hallmark did, of an Ancelotti fair, side as poor as Spurs were I think Everton deserve yeah. credit because they did play well and a, a lot of signings and obviously the club have backed Ancelotti because well, yeah. why wouldn't you yeah I mean, if you get a great coach in you've got to back him yeah and, and um, it was Calvert-Lewin uh, yeah he got the goal continuing good performances and maybe great performances as he has under uh, Ancelotti. Yeah. So, you know, I've put Everton top six, top six finish. You, you think if they, if they can keep performing like that against the top six sides, admittedly, this was a poor yeah, top six side. But I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head. I think the key for Everton is performing against the top six. You know, yeah. that's always been their Achilles heel. You know, this is probably the first one they've won in a very long time. Yeah. So I think for them, it's huge, you know, mentally as well to kick off the season in that way. So yeah. I think now when they'll go into those games against their sort of rivals with a bit more confidence to think, yeah. well, we can actually beat these teams and we yeah. can push towards top four or, or wherever they want to go. Um, yeah, and I mean, from one London side performing poorly to their bitter rivals performing extremely well, Arsenal with a 3-0 opening day win over Fulham. Yeah, I've got to say, they looked they looked outstanding at times, Arsenal. Yeah. They looked really good. Um, I think maybe Dark Horse is the sort of top four. Yeah, after that performance, anyway, obviously it's only Fulham. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we can say it's only Fulham, but you know, if Liverpool had smashed Leeds three 0 we'd have gone. Ah, oh, 
it's only Leeds. Yeah. So you know, you've got to give give credit to Fulham. They're in the Premier League because they. Deserve oh yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I like Fulham. But um, Arsenal looked solid, didn't they? For what for first time in a while, an Arsenal side that didn't look defensively uncertain. Yeah, I, I know they made like one mistake early on, but after that, I, I can't yeah. really think of any. And they, like you said, they were solid. But they didn't look rocked by that mistake. Sometimes Arsenal make a mistake and they're all at sea. They don't, yeah. It's like the confidence goes. But this time it was made a mistake. Well, I think Leno on. laughed it off afterwards. Yeah. So he picked up the ball. Oh, you know, <laughs> lucky that didn't go in. But, yeah. you know, they got away with it. And they played really well. They played some really nice stuff yeah. as well. Another goal for Aubameyang, similar to the one he scored against Liverpool in the Community Shield. A crossfield ball cuts in onto his right and places it beautifully into yeah. the far right corner yeah we say Thierry Henry-esque yeah he sort of comes in and can bend that into the yeah. corner it's but that's twice he's done that finish surely you think maybe teams would defend against Aubameyang cutting in on his right foot yeah I mean you you can try to but it's yeah. you know it's knowing he's going to do it and being good enough to stop him is, is the main thing yeah um, it's Arsenal are I think they look like a team now, don't they? They don't look like a yeah. group of individuals. Yeah, they look they look like a, a much more cohesive unit and yeah. they're more reminiscent of Arsenal size of the yeah. past than the last couple of years which have been shambolic. And considering there are players in that team that just last season were controversial figures like Xhaka or weren't even actually on the periphery of the team, I believe actually out on loan, like players like El Nani. Yeah, Maitland Niles has been coming back through. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't think anyone would have expected Alneny to be involved in the first couple of no, games, but he's, he's done really well. He's done, he's done well, and I think he seems to be suiting this style quite well. Yeah, um, Lacazette sc- scored in the opening goal as well. I believe he set a record, didn't he? Uh, I think I think he's opening he's goal against the same team in three seasons. Yeah, it's something like that. that. He's, he's he scored a lot of opening day goals. Mm. Um, and by that I mean like the first goal of the season, not not just on yeah. the opening day, um, which I mean a lot of that's to do with luck, with which games gets picked for Sky or whatever. But yeah, no, he's he's a good player, and um, I know there's been talk of Arsenal maybe selling him, but personally I think he I think they should stay there. It, I think it'd be a mistake to sell Lacazette. It seems yeah. to work quite well with Aubameyang, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think now that they've got Aubameyang out to the left and really got them able to play in the same team, I yeah. think they're really good together. And we've got more Premier League games coming up tonight. We've got Sheffield United versus Wolves and then Brighton versus a revitalised, revamped Chelsea side. Um Sheffield United we we you know, we lauded them last season. We were big fans of them. Yep. How do you think they're gonna uh, do against Wolves again? Another side, side. I, I personally really like. Um I think there'll always be the questions of is it gonna be, you know, second season syndrome for Sheffield United? Yeah. Will they not do as well? But um, I think it will be tough to hit the heights they did last season. Yeah. But I still expect you know a solid season for them. Yeah. Maybe sort of mid-table around that. But um, personally, I think Wolves are going to be pushing on again to try and break into that top four. And um, you know, I think it's going to be a really entertaining game. Yeah. And um, personally, I think Wolves will just edge it myself. Yeah. Um, but it'll be tight, I reckon. I, I I would say it's probably looking at one nil to a one yeah, goal it'll be one, yeah, really, it'll be one it? nil to one something like that. Um, and then Brighton and Chelsea, which we can only which you would assume by Chelsea signings could be a potential fucking whitewash. Yeah, um, potentially. I would be really interesting to see how that Chelsea team looks now and yeah, how those great players play together. But um, yeah, I, I'd be slightly concerned if I was a Brighton fan. Yeah, it's. 
if you're the Chelsea manager, knowing the signings they've made, um, squad they already have, you're starting eleven for tonight. What are you going for? I'm putting everyone in personally. Yeah, yeah. So, I think you got to start as you mean to go on. Yeah, I'm thinking Werner. You know, Ziyech. Assuming they're all fit. You know, yeah. Havertz, um, Pulisic as well. I think you got to put them all in there. For you, does Kepa start? Big um, still question marks around him. Is he staying? Is he going? Is I mean, he trusted if he stays? Yeah, I think I think if they are planning to bring someone in, maybe you can give you know the backup goalkeeper a go. But mm. for me, if if they haven't got those plans in place, then you have to I think just back him and yeah. play him because if you drop him now and you don't end up signing someone, you know, and then you you know playing with your backup keeper the whole season, which isn't ideal. Yeah. Um, I think it could be a problem. So I think you just play him while he's there, and if he does move on, then great. If not, yeah. then you know, hopefully he comes good. Yeah, well, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? It's. Um, I mean, the amount of money it cost, he should. Yeah, it's it, he really should, and maybe we might see him kick on this season. I think perhaps last season, having a shaky season, he's going to maybe improve, knuckle down, focus, kick on. Yeah. Um. I mean, but, we all remember David De Gea when he first came to England was. Yeah. Really poor. Very like similar he, to what he's like now. Well, yeah, quite. Um, but he did, you know, become one of the best goalkeepers in the world. Yeah. He has come back down now, but maybe for Kepa it could be the same sort of thing. Yeah, well, it'd be certainly an interesting watch tonight. You can catch those games, I believe, at 6 o'clock and quarter past 8. Mm-hmm. So as we've made reference to already, it's already a weird start to the season. Some shocking results, some not so much. But speaking of shocking, West Ham... Yeah, we mentioned them last week. We talked about the off the pitch problems, and yeah. it looks like they're not just off the pitch, they are very much on it. Yeah, they were appalling to be honest. We yeah, talked about how bad Spurs were. I know it's very different teams, but West Ham were shocking. Yeah, they were it was different. It was like against the Newcastle side who's made some good signings, um, brought in Callum Wilson who scored in the debut, Jeff Hendrick getting a debut goal as well. Yeah, fed well as, as well. Which those signings happened after last week's episode, so my prediction of putting Newcastle in the relegation spot maybe might change a bit. Maybe. Uh, they've got Ryan Fraser as well. Yeah, he's coming too. Um, linking up with old Bournemouth boy uh, Matt Ritchie, I believe. Yeah, yeah, and obviously Callum Wilson as well. Yeah, so it's a strong, a stronger-looking Newcastle side. Yeah. They very much look like a, a Premier League team. You know, those are all players that yeah. you would think would be playing at the you know the highest level. Yeah. A mid-table Premier League yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, the uh, highest level in the Premier League. You yeah, know. Um, but West Ham really seem to be struggling. Like the yeah. players didn't particularly look all that interested. Yeah, I mean there was a lack of effort. It was badly organised. It was just like I said with Spurs, it was just abysmal. Yeah, you know, there's very few positives coming out of that. Do you think that the on-pitch issues are a result of the shithousery in, with, from the club internally? or is Yeah, I mean, I think... They're purely they're, separate. I think they're always going to be linked. Yeah. You know, I think if there are problems off the pitch, it, it's always going to affect the players mentally. Yeah, I mean... Especially if, when they're so vocal about the problems. Yeah, and if, if Mark Noble, the club captain, was so vocal about the selling of a, a young starlet and Grady Dean Garner, do you think that rest of the team's feeling the same thing? I think so, yeah. I, I think they'll all be upset of what's going on and maybe not feel like the club is backing them or giving them the sort of chance to you know, progress as a team. And I think they'll yeah. be frustrated by that and 
I mean, maybe a lot of them will be thinking, you know, this club is a mess. I don't really want to be playing for them. I want to go move somewhere else. Yeah. And when you start thinking like that, obviously it's going to affect your performances. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it with other players in the past. If the sponsors don't want to be at a club, then performances do dip. They sometimes yeah. don't play. Um, but for the, just focus on the on pitch. It's kind of unclear what's been happening off the pitch. Yeah, yeah. But on the pitch, do you think Moyes can turn that around? He certainly has a responsibility to try, doesn't he? Yeah, um, I don't think he can. <laughs> I'm, I'm not David Moyes' biggest fan. Um, obviously, he did great stuff at Everton for a while, but that was kind yeah. of a different area of the Premier League. And he did very poorly at Man United and. To be honest, I'm surprised he's still at West Ham because he's he's not exactly the most inspiring manager, is he? No. And when you are having sort of problems off the pitch with players, you do need someone who's going to really get together and bring them all towards a common goal. And I think David Moyes probably isn't the kind of guy to do that. You know, no. he doesn't really strike me as inspiring. He he does appear to struggle with larger personalities. You know, yeah. when he had Rooney at Everton, um, he was very quick to ship him off rooms that he couldn't quite deal with the personalities obviously he had his issues with Zaha yeah. at Man United whether that was a personality clash or the rumoured off-field stuff was true yeah so I mean that's all you know, that's that's a whole episode in yeah. itself um, but you got to say West Ham I, it's, it's difficult to say after one game but I think you could put a fair old bet on them going down couldn't you yeah they're one of my favourites to go down and yeah. they've done nothing to change my mind so far which is a shame because I do like West Ham as a football club Yeah, I like their fan base but... as a club with a lot of history and, yeah, yeah. Um, being in the Premier League for so long apart from that one blip where they did was it 2008 they yeah. went down there was maybe a couple blips yeah um, but this is certainly quite a big one isn't it yeah yeah I know like I said I, I would be worried but um, yeah you never know in a couple of months maybe if they sell the club or if they get a new manager in and he turns yeah. it around who knows yeah um, they've got on-field issues at West Ham to another club who's got on-field issues or certainly did last night PSG yeah off, um, in issues a rather, of a different kind rather feisty affair uh, at the end of their game with Marseille for those who don't know there was a brawl at the end of their game um, in the 90th started about the 94th 95th minute of the game with 6 yeah. minutes of added time uh, resulted in 5 yellow cards PSG were 1-0 down to Marseille at the time through a, a Florian Tovan goal in the 31st minute um, Leandro Paredes Levan Kazawa and Neymar all sent off for PSG and Jordan Amavi and Benedetto sent off for Marseille yeah did, did you see the video did you see I, the clip I, I saw some clips yeah it was a bit of a mess um, I think they all just lost their heads didn't they I know there's you know accusations of um, racist abuse um, yeah which I can't believe we've still got to say this but if this is the case it's, al- it's alleged yeah, um, yeah, yeah but there's no place for it yeah if, of course if it has happened then I mean, it's probably not right to beat people up on a football pitch, but definitely no. they should be banned for a very long time. Um, I mean, Neymar did say his only regret about this was he didn't punch Alvaro in the face because this was supposedly <laughs> the man who racially abused him. Yeah. Um, from what what is reported on BBC, 
is that there was a shove from Benedetto on Paradez. Yeah, there was. Who's yeah. then punched him to the ground. Well, or... I, I, we're going to say punch a lot in the next couple of minutes. And I just want people to know that these are footballer punches. So yeah, see, it's, it's not like a boxing match. Open, open palm. Yeah. Just slap. Slaps more like it. Um, there was some punching and kicking between Amavi and Kazawa. Mm-hmm. And then obviously these alleged racist incident. Um, we'll need to wait to find out if that is yeah, true. Yeah. What happened, and hopefully, if it is the case there was racist abuse thrown, that is dealt with severely. Yeah, yeah, a very long ban. Um, just crazy though, wasn't it? Yeah, it is things you don't really see that often now. It's sort of it's something that happened more in sort of the past of football, but um. Yeah, it was bizarre. Um, from a footballing perspective, I think PSG will be very disappointed to have lost the game as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not a great start to the season for them, uh, yeah. especially after losing the Champions League. Um, but you know, it is bizarre. I mean, the game, the game itself, um, was or there was a temper in the game. It had seventeen cards in total shown. Yeah. Um, that is a record in league one in the 21st century wow <laughs> so do you, so i mean we've got to, let's remove the alleged racist incident for a second yeah do you think that psg being kind of dominated the french league do you think there was maybe an element of arrogance to the team they just expect to win games and when the games don't go their way then perhaps do get a bit feisty yeah possibly i i, I mean I think that's quite right, especially when you have players like Neymar, who, you know, does have kind of an attitude and can, you know, get drawn into that kind of thing. Yeah, he has shown to get a bit, have an attitude with other players. Bef- yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's not the first time something like this has happened. Um, but, you know, I, I think you're right. They do have kind of a, if things don't go their way, they yeah. get maybe a bit aggressive. They start throwing in tackles that maybe they shouldn't. And it's... yeah. It, on one hand, it's not nice to see, but um, yeah. it's interesting to watch. I mean, Alvaro as well, the Marseille centre half, also said that Dame, uh, Angel Di Maria had spat at him earlier in the game. Yeah. So, again, just something that, particularly with a, vir- a global pandemic going on during the game, that should not be happening. Yeah, no, that's not in any game. We have to say yeah. allegedly. Yeah. But even when, when the world's perfect and full of roses you shouldn't be spitting another player yeah that's just pathetic really and doing it during it a glo- during doing it during a global pandemic when symptoms can you can be asymptomatic you can just be carrying it and not show any symptoms yeah potentially passing that on i mean i'm gonna say it's fucking ludicrous yeah it's very stupid um I'm sure a lot of the players will look back at this and feel like they shouldn't have done the things they did to be a bit embarrassed. Yeah. But it is just ridiculous and yeah. bizarre. Um, it's also, you know, it's one of the biggest rivalries in French football as well. Yeah. If you have to take a positive from it, it did have a small audience of 5,000 in the stadium. Yeah. Trialling, bringing fans back into the stadiums. I mean, they certainly got a spectacle, didn't they? Yeah, maybe not the the kind they were expecting, but uh, they they got a value for money. Yeah, it's they probably certainly didn't expect that, but yeah. As we've got to reiterate, if the those alleged incidents did take place, do hope that the correct authorities punish the players responsible. Um, I mean, five players already being punished, but if another player needs to be punished, yeah, it needs to happen, doesn't it? Yeah, one hundred percent agreed. Right, well. Moving on from a 
morbid, touchy subjects. Let's look forward um, to game week two of the Premier League. Yeah. Again, already some big and some more big games coming up. Some not so big, but certainly important. Let's Saturday. I think we've got to talk about Man United's first game after having um, yeah. this week postponed. Uh, yeah. They are home to Crystal Palace, who started off their season with a win. Yeah. Um, United are going to be an interesting watch this season, aren't they? They should be. Yeah. Um, they've got a good squad now, and I think you know it'll be really interesting to see how far they can push the other teams around them if they can get into top four or not. You know, I think it's going to be fascinating to watch. Um, you know, especially with the signings they've potentially might have by then. You know, we don't know. Jane mm. Sancho may end up there. We'll have to wait and see. But yeah. I think that's an interesting game. You know, Crystal Palace often, I think, put in a good performance against United. Defensively, have looked solid over the last couple of seasons. Can prove tricky. You do feel that Man United, on paper, have that quality to yeah, unlock that so. defence. But you never know. You know, Wolf and Zaha, you know, he'll have something to play for. Having I mean, a little bit of thing to prove yeah. um, going up against United again. And um, yeah, I, I think it will be an interesting game. Yes, yeah. I still think United will probably win. I can maybe two 0 something like that. Yeah, but, uh, I don't think it will be a whitewash. Yeah. Do you think that speaking of Zaha, do you think it's for Palace? It's maybe still a bit fortunate that he's there. Um. Yeah, I think it's surprising he's still there. I thought you know a move to Arsenal or Everton would have materialised by now, but um. Look, he's still there for now and he's got to play to the best he can if he does want to move on. Yeah. And if not, if he wants to stay at Palace, which we don't know, it seems like he probably doesn't, but if he does you know, stay there for a couple of years, he could carve out a really good legacy, you know, playing for yeah. them in the Championship as well and he's been a bit of a talisman in the Premier League, so, you know, who knows? He could be building a bit of a legacy there. Yeah. And are you confident with that 2-0 prediction to United? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Like I said, yeah. I, I like Palace. Um you know, I, I think it'll be a good game and they'll give United a good run for the money, but uh, I, th- I think most people would probably back United. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have to agree with you. I have to go for 2-0 with United. I think Bruno Fernandes, what we saw in the back end of the season, obviously joined in Jan- January, he looked phenomenal. He looked like yeah. a player, to, certainly in terms of United's creative ability, looked like the player they need. Yeah, especially with now you know, a full pre-season and sort of the end of last season with the team. Yeah, he'll have a lot more chemistry and sort of shelled for them yeah. a lot more. And as we saw when he was, you know, like I say, back in the last season, you can see there's that drive, not just for him to play well, but for his teammates to perform. Yeah, definitely, he really carries the team. I know we talked a lot earlier about Liverpool, how they kind of need someone who's gonna mm. take the game by the scruff of the neck, and he does that for United. Yeah, it's again certainly an interesting game. Um, also, be an interesting game. Uh, another London derby. Mm-hmm. Arsenal versus West Ham. Um, West Ham, we've already touched on. Yeah, not against good. not good at a, all. A slowly sinking ship at West Ham. I don't even know. I think it's being generous saying it's slowly sinking. Yeah. Arsenal, you do think are gonna a resurgent Arsenal side. Yeah. Two clubs going in very opposite directions. It seems. Yeah. And um, I mean, I think this could get a little ugly. To be honest. Yeah. I I could see. A 4 0 Arsenal, I reckon. A strong 4 0. Yeah, I mean, just going off the last performances, you know, Arsenal looked really good. West Ham looked terrible. Yeah. I think Arsenal will want to start proving a point early yeah. on that they are contenders for the top four. Yeah. I think that'd be a great way to do it. Um, I'm not going to go quite four, but I think I think we're seeing another 3 0 for Arsenal. Um, 
West Ham's attack is blunt. Yeah. And looks bereft of ideas. Defensively, they're all at sea. Um, like I said, the players don't seem to want to be there at the moment. They're not happy with the club they're playing for, so how can you possibly go out to the pitch? And as much as you want to play for your fans, they've got none in the stadium. Yeah, there's no one there anyway. And, so, um, like I said, an Arsenal side that are going complete opposite direction, that do have a point to prove and do seem to really want to play for that club and yeah. play for their manager. So um, I, I think, yeah, like I said, it will be a very tough ask for West Ham to get a result there. Yeah. And as we say, with one team, West Ham, going in the wrong direction. So to our Spurs, um, away to Southampton. Yeah, um, potentially a tricky game for Spurs, I think. Um, as you mentioned, they played very poorly um, in the last round of fixtures. And um, Southampton are a good side. Um, and, I, and I think they'll do well. And maybe, against my better judgment, I'm going to back Spurs to bounce back. Um, don't quite know why. But um, I reckon maybe a 2-1 to Spurs. Yeah. I See, I want to back Spurs because we know they're a good side. Yeah. They, they have the potential to be a good side. But they can also, as we saw at the weekend, they yeah, can stink. They, they can be diabolical. Um, and I, I, I want to back Spurs as well, like I do. But I think I'm, Southampton looked really good back in the last season. They yep, looked dangerous. They Thorn in the side of some of the top teams. Um turned it around after Leicester Hammered put nine past them, I believe it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. So I, I'm going to put this one down as a draw, I think. If Danny Ings can, continues bringing this form through... Yeah. I mean, um, I had a rumour of Spurs were interested in signing Danny mm. Ings, so I know maybe that's just to unsettle him before the game. But... I mean, also of note is Hoiberg, yeah. now of Spurs, was of Southampton. Yeah, he was. So, I mean, he didn't look... He didn't look great. didn't enough. look like a world beater, so it'll be interesting to see one... I imagine you probably will play if he fits in your in Mourinho's exactly system. So yeah, he'll have a point to prove going up against his old team. Yeah, but I expect you know Spurs will have a rocket up them and really need to get a result. Because if they don't get a result against Southampton, I think serious questions will be asked. Yeah, and arguably the biggest game of the weekend: uh, Chelsea at home to Liverpool. Yeah. I mean, if we if Liverpool's defensive woes against Leeds are anything to go by, Chelsea's not going to be much better, is it? No, I'd be very worried, especially with you know Timo Werner up front, assuming he plays. Um, yeah, yeah, that is going to be an entertaining game, and I think Liverpool Chelsea has been a, a really good fixture the last couple of seasons. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm going to back Liverpool this time. Yeah. Um, I reckon maybe a a one nil. To Liverpool, a tight one nil. Yeah, and I you, reckon that you know they'll really want to put in a good defensive performance. Yeah. Do you, Do you think that'll be just because the Chelsea unit, as it were, won't quite yeah, be, they be might cohesive not be, just yet? Yeah, like I said, um, fully um, cohesed. It's a yeah. cohesive word. Um, we'll, we'll assume. We'll it is. assume it might be. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, yes, yeah, so they might not be fully clicking and working together. Yeah. Maybe if this was a game, you know, later on in the season, it might be a different result. But I think Liverpool. Yeah with a point to prove we'll get the 1-0 yeah I mean I, I have as a Liverpool fan forever optimistic um, I mean we put up with Andre Voronin so you have to be <laughs> yeah 
Um, I would. I'm tempted to agree. I think that that game hinges on what midfield we play, because yeah. we all know the system that Klopp's going to play. Yeah, we yeah. know what formation he's going to set out. He's going to stick to the Gagan press. We know that. Yeah. So. I think that that midfield, because the front three picks itself... Yeah, the back four picks itself. Well, three members of the yeah. back four and the goalkeeper certainly pick yeah. themselves. It's just who plays with them, if it's Matip or if it's Joe Gomez. Gomez yeah. The issue is the midfield. Yeah, um, you know, question marks about Henderson's fitness. Yeah, so, I mean, that will depend. That will, I think, could decide the game. Yeah. Um, so, Who but, do you think will start there? I think after uh, the defensive performance against Leeds, you have to say Fabinho has to be in there. Yeah. And despite his potential fitness issues for his leadership ability, I think Henderson will also be in there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I actually think if it were me, if I was picking, I'd actually say someone like Chamberlain needs to play in that to give us some energy and some drive through that midfield and creative ability. Because I don't quite think that Henderson has that ability to drive a ball forward. Yeah. Whereas I think Chamberlain does. Having said that, I think he will actually go for his Wijnaldum. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I think he'll go with um, Fabinho, um, Henderson and Wijnaldum. Personally, I think I'd put Naby Keita in there instead of Wijnaldum. But, uh, well, yeah, that, but I, that, think, I think you're right. That's where the game will sort of shift is in the midfield. This is alluding to an issue we said with Liverpool earlier. With the squad almost picks itself. But that's also one because they're all the best players in that position and they yeah. work well in the system but really who else have we got well that's true yeah you yeah. throw out a handful of names there and I can't really think of anyone else yeah. who would choose to go in there if you, you think we want a player who's going to go out there and he's going to run the game okay who are we going to bring in instead of Sadio Mane Origi <laughs> it's not ideal he turns up every now and he turns up well, he turns up when he plays Everton when he, when he plays Everton and, and we're and we need a comeback then he, yeah. then he performs but I just don't. I'm not convinced he's a top. I don't think he's a long-term solution. No, really. I think they need to get someone in to replace him, and really allow him to sort of decide on his position. Like, is he going to yeah. be a striker, like a proper number nine, or is he going to play out left? Yeah. Because I, you know, I've watched him for a couple of years now, and I, I don't know which one he is. Yeah, and I think I'd use him more as a winger. I, he doesn't, for especially for Liverpool system, always yeah. playing in that. What I mean, Firmino, they almost played like inside yeah. forwards. For what Firmino does. Dropping deep, very few players actually play, are able to comfortably play in that pocket that Firmino does. The space he finds, that his yeah. movement, Origi's not got that in this game. No, he's different different kinds of players, aren't yeah. they? Um, and the final game to look forward to, the team we both put down as winning the Premier League this season, kick off their season a little bit late, is uh, Man City are away at Wolves. Yeah, um, that's an interesting game. Wolves have been a bit of a thorn in Man City's side the last couple of years yeah always seem to perform against them and I think beat them more often than not so I as much as I think Man City are going to win the Premier League I think they might drop some points against Wolves interesting and I think this might be a 1-1 a 1-1 one, one. A one. okay that or Man City are going to win 5-0 like, yeah. like they usually do so. I mean Man City looked unbeatable when the Premier League yeah, yeah. returned after lockdown obviously the Champions League wasn't quite the oh, same no it's very different um, but if City stick to the system that they know they can play they've now signed Nathan Ake and I think having an actual centre back 
instead of Fabinho, uh, Fabinho Fernandinho yeah. filling a gap. Apologies for getting that name wrong there. Um, a holding midfielder, arguably the best holding midfielder, maybe not so much now, but certainly the last few years, he's been the best holding midfielder in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, you got to play him in his position. Play him in his position. He's not a centre-back. You you're a team that had the money to fill that gap when company left. It yeah. shouldn't have been an issue for a team of Man City's size to attract even a half-decent centre-back. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And okay. um, I just think, you know, Wolves are a bit of a bogey team. And mm. I think, like I said, I, I do think Man City will go on to win yeah. the league. But I think they might drop points early here. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm seeing a 3-0 win for City and I think it'll be comfortable. I th- I, I really think, just if you look at the way that they played during after lockdown, it was... Yeah, they were breathtaking. And yeah. They're just getting better. They're young players that are coming through, like Foden, just getting better. Yeah. Be interesting to see if Foden does yeah. um, start for them. Is he going to be the, natu- the natural heir and successor to David Silva? Yeah, you, you um, think this season is going to decide that for him? You would hope You would hope so, wouldn't you? Yeah, and uh, I mean, everything so far we've seen from has indicated that he is good enough to play that role. Yeah, obviously got some decision-making issues off the pitch yeah but uh, on the pitch he's doing alright yeah if we focus on his on the pitch stuff then you, you've got to say he's heading in the right direction hasn't he yeah <laughs> right then I believe that wraps up the show for today um, yeah do hope you've enjoyed hope you tune in next time got a great weekend of football um, to look forward to and we will look forward to dissecting that with you next week as always Till then see you later see you later